And if there's a hundred candles lit, then the entire place will be brightened up. And in our time, and in our situation, the example, if there's a 10 watt bulb, and then there's another 20 watt bulb, and some 50 watt bulb, and then maybe there's a 2000 watt bulb, and somebody comes with an even greater wattage, so all that combined light, the entire place will benefit from. But nobody can distinguish which light stops where, or which light starts where, it's all combined. And the person who came with a 1 watt, and the person who came with a 1000 watt, all benefit from the 1001 watts. Neither does the person with the 1000 watt can he say that I didn't benefit anything additional, or the person with 1 watt say that no, I didn't take anything more. So when there is a gathering for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, and people gather purely on this nisbat, so everybody benefits from the imani strength of everyone. You can maybe get a little bit closer, fill in the gaps of this, then inshallah also get some space. So sometimes it might not even be necessary that we have any formal discussion. Formal discussion is not a prerequisite for the benefit. I remember on some occasions, having been present in Nizamuddin, Mahzaddi Mawlana in Amr Hassan Sahib was alive. So after Asar Salah, there used to be a majlis. Now we understand a majlis. What is a majlis? And on several occasions, Allah Tawfiq, we had the opportunity of being there. In that entire majlis, there wasn't one word spoken. Not one word was heard. And people would be, it was a small room, so now everybody couldn't be accommodated in that room. Maybe maximum 12, 15 people probably at a time. So after a while, they'll ask now those who already were there for a while, give the others behind a chance. They would leave, the others would come, sit there quietly for 15 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, until the next 15 are given a chance. And in this way, that majlis took place. What happened in that majlis? Who heard something? Who spoke anything? Nothing. Hazrat Mufti Mahmoud Sahib, on many occasions, in Reed Fontaine, Mawlana Ibrahim Pandur Sahib, Tam Barakatum's place, many Asatiza from the Mudassa in Azadwal used to go daily, every day. He used to be there sometimes for lengthy periods, several weeks. So many of the Asatiza would go daily. Now the distance from Azadwal to Refontaine was about almost close to an hour. And the Majlis used to be between Maghrib and Isha, the summer months. So through that peak hour traffic, probably that might be increasing the traveling time. On some occasions, we had the opportunity to be there. This was in Hazrat's latter life. So many at a time, that majlis used to be a majlis of silence. Not one word spoken. And these asatizah kiram, many of them, used to go daily for this silent majlis. And if somebody asked something, because of Hazrat's old age, weakness, Sometimes he would maybe give a little bit lengthy answer, but generally it would be a very short answer. This was in the last few years. But that silent madlis used to be attended regularly. 
Now, what is a person going to gain out of a silent majlis? Hazrat Shah Wasilullah Sahib Rahmatullah once in his gathering, also similarly, he just kept quiet the whole gathering. He didn't say one word. And the time passed now for the majlis to be terminated. So when the time was up, so he gave the indication now. Then carry on. Majlis is over. So one person sighed out of disappointment. And so to say that I came all the way and I came and sat here and I heard nothing and I have to now just leave. Not one word he spoke to us. So I heard this. So he sighed deeply. And he said, Afsos, jo meri khamoshi se faida nahi utha sakta, wo meri baato se bhi faida nahi uthaega. Person who cannot benefit from my silence won't benefit from my words also. So what the point is, nevertheless, that the talks, etc. are a very beneficial thing. But often we make that the objective. And therefore sometimes the, generally obviously we're talking about in public, if there is a very, very exciting talk, then we will be want, to, want to be part of it. And if sometimes it's a dini gathering, but a straightforward, simple talk, then there's no excitement in it. So then this won't appeal to us. So the thing that has become, unfortunately in many a case, not necessarily everywhere, not everybody obviously, but often this has become a kind of entertainment. Many a times, not necessarily the speaker. The speaker is pouring his heart out. Many a person Allah Ta'ala has blessed. That is a person that people want to listen to. So they will travel from far and wide. So the whole masjid might be packed to capacity. But how many have come, not for the sake of excitement, but have come for the sake of filling their hearts, for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. So... This is the thing that the niyat has to be for the imani benefit. Gathering for the sake of iman, we started off with that example, that this combined light, everybody who gathers for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, each one comes with his bulb of, bulb of iman. And that combined light, everybody benefits from. Nobody can claim that I didn't benefit out of it, whether he realizes it or not person doesn't necessarily realize what benefit came. person eats something. When he eats, can he say where this benefit has gone? Whether it nourished the eyes, or it nourished the heart, or it nourished the hands and feet, what it nourished. As far as he is concerned, he ate something, finished, that's the end of it. So likewise, the spiritual food that we consume, provided we are taking it with the correct intention, that spiritual food definitely has its benefit. And that gathering for the sake of Allah Ta'ala with that combined light, that combined bulbs of Iman, everybody certainly benefits. Without doubt. But it is not something that you can actually quantify and put a finger to it, there's your benefit. That we'll only realize later. But when this benefit can also be understood, when a person then stops taking this benefit, he stops consuming that food. So for a short while, he'll carry on. 
like nothing happened, like there's no change. But then the decline comes gradually. And often a person then only realizes what happened when it is quite deep down. Because in a gradual decline, you don't notice the change. Sometimes a child is growing up, so the family people, the household people, they just take it along. Now some relative came from far after two, three years. He saw that child three years ago, and now he sees him again. He says, you've gone so big. Oh, what? How so quickly you grew so much? The household people say, well, nothing, everything is normal. He says, no, he grew very fast. He's seeing after three years now, so he notices it. But those who are seeing that gradual change, it seems like nothing changed. Every day there's no visible change that can be pointed out that he's grown now one millimeter, and one and a half millimeter, but it's happening all the time. So likewise, the spiritual benefit is happening. But it's not something that a person can necessarily point out. But when that stops, then the gradual decline starts. The same with the mamulat, the zikr, the tasbihat. Person stops it. One day, two days, it seems like there was no difference. Nothing, no, no change happened. After a short while, things start slacking and declining. And now suddenly the person's fajr is missing. Suddenly the person's tilawat is gone. Suddenly now his eyes are not under control. So now he's wondering what happened. What happened was this decline started from far away. It's becoming visible now. So the point that we're making is that these gatherings and all gatherings for deen are not for the purpose of listening to something that will happen. But it is for the purpose of every one of us, myself included first and foremost, that we need to have this benefit, to benefit from one another's strength of iman, light of iman. In any case, today just for the purpose of discussion, this is a compilation of the ash'ar of Hazrat Wala, Hazrat Ma, Hakim Mawad, Akhtar Sahib, Rahmatullah And these ash'ar are all complete waz, complete bayans. And there are many, many deep lessons in there for us. On many occasions we have heard about this. Ash'ar and poems were not something that he sat down to think about how to try and fit it in, what to say now. These were inspirations. Sometimes he woke up in the middle of the night, start, took the pen and paper and started writing. And in a few minutes time, that whole compilation of poetry was complete and he put it aside. Sometimes he was traveling and in the midst of the travel, suddenly this inspiration came and he penned it down. So there wasn't anything that, like poets normally do, sit down and try to work out what to fit in where. This came fitted. It was already ready-made. It was inspired. So there's great lessons in here for us. So, just some of them, for the sake of our benefit, we will recite and just explain. Unfortunately, I am not somebody who can sing, so don't expect that. Once, years ago, Rahmatullahi was still alive. So one day somebody asked me that, Hurt sings Ashar and so on, why don't you sing? So now, like everybody always wants to hide behind something and make some excuse, I said, well, actually, I don't want to 
start because if I start, they won't listen to him anymore. <laughs> but that was all just nafs, nothing else. This is the compilation of Hazrat Wala, one, some couplets that we will read from here. Hazrat commences this by saying, Eh, mere khaliqe hayat, teri khushi hai sad hayat. Aapki na khushi se hai meri hayat sad mamat. This says, oh Allah, O oh my Creator, the one who has blessed me with life. If you are happy with me, then there are a hundred lives in me. Sometimes in Urdu there's that expression that is used, Unki jaan mein jaan agai. That life came into his life. In other words, he was like dead. He was like dead, but now suddenly he saw some friend or something else made him very happy. It's like as if life came into his life. So he's saying, Ya Allah, if you are happy with me, then there are hundred thousands of lives in my life. And if you are unhappy with me, then my life becomes like a thousand deaths, hundred deaths. Every moment is like a death. But it is that kind of death, which is the death of Jahannam. Which is not death in reality. Neither does death come and nor are they living. Describing the Jahannam is, Allah Ta'ala says in Jahannam, neither will they be dead nor alive. How can that be? person is either dead or alive. So, many a times we have heard this expression, person says, I've got no life. So what does he mean he's got no life? He's living, he's talking, he's saying it. He's obviously not talking from the grave. He's walking and talking, but he's saying, I've got no life. So what is he meaning? He's meaning that my life is not worth living anymore. He's saying that my life is now totally without any joy, any happiness. It is something that I cannot even call life. So this often we attribute to many of the occurrences around us. Sometimes a financial situation, sometimes a domestic situation, sometimes something or sometimes something else. Hazrat is saying all those things are of no consequence. The real Tixit life is the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. And what makes life like death is the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is pleased then with or without the material things. A person can be in the worst of outward physical situations. Severe Ill illness, pain, hardship, difficulty, poverty. But in the middle of all that, he will be in happiness. Hazrat Siddiq Akbar an, on one occasion, Jibreel comes and he says that Allah Ta'ala has conveyed salams to Abu Bakr Adlaan. He says to Nabi Sallallahu At that time he was wearing sack and to put it together he had thorns. To put it together there wasn't even buttons. Now this kind of poverty, can a person be happy in that poverty? So in any case, Jibreel Salatu Salam comes and he says, convey salams to Abu Bakr radiallahu And Allah Ta'ala is asking that, is he pleased with his Rabb? Can we imagine the question? Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says to him that Allah Ta'ala has conveyed salams. And Allah Ta'ala is asking, 
that are you pleased with him? Abu Bakr al breaks down in tears, he bursts into tears, and he says, Ana bi Rabbi Raad. Ana an Rabbi Raad. I'm most happy with my Rabb. Now, despite all this physical difficulty, he is in the height of ecstasy. He's in the height of it. Hazrat Sheikh Ramtulale has written one incident in his biography that one alim of India, he happened to be a guest somewhere at somebody's house. Also a very pious family. So now in the morning, he is hearing the children hopping around and playing around. Aaj hamare gar Sheikh ji Now he is hearing this, Aaj hamare gar Sheikh ji Sheikh ji has come to our house today. So he thought must be some Sheikh, some very big buzruk somebody has come. Now in any case, now as the day is passing, now he is feeling hungry, the guest. And no food is coming, the host is coming with nothing. So now after a while, still nothing is coming. So he thought, well, perhaps there's some very big Sheikhji has come. They must be really going out of their way to prepare for him. So now the food is delayed or maybe he's still on his way or whatever the case is. Again, more time went past, still nothing, no sign of any Sheikhji also, no sign of the food of the Sheikhji also. When some time had passed now, long after the normal meal time, the host came very, very humbly, sad. And he says, I've come to apologize that look, Today our home, there's absolutely nothing available to eat. We are starving. And I tried to make some arrangement to present something to you, but that too didn't work out. So all I've come to do now is to apologize and excuse myself that we have nothing to offer you. So he was surprised, astounded. Then he said, but I saw these children hopping around, so to say, jumping out of joy outside and playing around and saying, the Sheikhji has come today. Who's the Sheikhji after all? I thought this was some very big buzruk coming or preparing for him. So now when he asked this question, so the host said to him that this is a common occurrence in our house. That we have to starve sometimes. It's a common occurrence. And when the starvation comes, so we tell the children the starvation in our house is called Sheikhji. Sheikhji has come means that today there's nothing to eat. And they have been given the fadila and the virtue of this to such an extent that they understand that when something of this nature happens and a person does not stretch his hand out to anybody still, only turns to Allah Ta'ala. What Allah Ta'ala blesses him with. So they get overjoyed that today we're going to have nothing to eat. And they are happy that today the Sheikhji came. So that became like a kind of uh, code or just a terminology in that household for starvation they called it Sheikhji but even the children of that home in the state of starvation are jumping out of happiness so when Allah Ta'ala is happy then Allah Ta'ala will keep his banda happy and if Allah Ta'ala is displeased then in the midst of all the comforts and luxuries and material possessions which is not something that is not allowed Allah Ta'ala hasn't forbidden the, haram, the halal ni'mats. Halal ni'mats, a person acquired in a halal way, alhamdulillah, it's ni'mat. You'll use it, you'll make shukar. But if it is not happening in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, then in the midst of all the comforts and luxuries also, person will be totally in misery. The famous incident of Ibrahim bin Adam, rahmatullahi 
when he one day he was a king he hears some noises on the roof of the palace so he sees the roof of the palace where these sounds are coming from send the guards go check up what's going on so they caught one cab and brought him down so how did you get up here he says no i'm looking for my camel my camel got lost i'm looking for my camel he said what madman is this you looking for your camel when did your camel get lost he said we got lost somewhere out in the road in the jungle somewhere she said are you insane your camel got lost somewhere and you're looking for it here on the roof can you find it here but this wasn't some insan who was a madman this was somebody allah ta'ala had sent to inspire him so he said if i can't find my camel here on your roof can you find allah ta'ala in the midst of all this heedlessness and unmindfulness you're looking for allah ta'ala you're looking for that peace for that happiness for that serenity can you find it here in all this which is distracting you from allah ta'ala now that was a bolt of lightning that hit his heart and that became the turning point where eventually he gave up his whole kingdom to search for allah ta'ala so if allah ta'ala is happy then all the makhluk of allah ta'ala also become happy with that person Allah Taala is displeased. Allah Taala will turn everybody around. Those who are close also will become distant. Those who are distant will become even more distant. So this is the lesson that is giving us here. Ya Allah, if you are happy, then my life is a hundred lives, and if you are unhappy, then my life is like a hundred deaths. Zikr se tere mil gayi dil ko hamare sad hayat. بلکہ تیرے ہی نام سے زندہ ہے ساری کائنات ذکر In the hadith it comes, Nabi Salaam says, that لا تقوم الساعة حتى يقال في الأرض الله الله As long as the name of Allah Ta'ala is taken on the earth, then Qiyamat won't come. This entire universe will exist on the name of Allah Ta'ala. So this is the value of the name of Allah Ta'ala. <coughs> then further down, Hazrat says, نفس کا جو غلام ہے غرق ہے وہ گناہ میں کیوں نہ کہو کہ زندگی کتنی ہے اس کی واہیات پرسن ہو ہیز بیکم دا سلیو آف ہز نفس دین ہی ڈراؤنڈ ان سنس اینڈ دین وائی شوڈ آئی سی وائی شوڈ آئی ناٹ سی دیٹ از لائف از آل جسٹ ویسٹڈ نفس دا ڈیزائرز آف اور نفس از ون آف ٹو تھنگس آئی دا پرسن از اے ماسٹر آف ہز اوور ہز ڈیزائرز and he makes his desires his slave or he becomes enslaved by his desires either he is the master or he becomes a slave one person one great buzrug one day the king came to visit him previously this was a common thing the kings also used to appreciate the ahlullah they knew their maqam their rank so this king came to visit him It has happened that when this king came along, at that time this Buzruk was seated on the ground 
and he had his legs stretched out. Perhaps he was maybe some pain in his knee or whatever the case is. So he had his legs stretched out. So when the king walked in with his wazir, with his minister, so because this person didn't want to take any effect. Now, this is not for everybody. This is the person on that maqam. He just remained sitting as he was. He didn't even change his posture. So the king didn't say anything, but that wazir took some offense. So the wazir said to him, that since when have you learned to keep your legs stretched out like this? The wazir asked him, since when have you learned to stretch your leg out like this? So the Buzruk replied, ever since I learned to keep my hand to myself. In other words, what he was saying is, since I haven't stretched my hand out to the king, I can stretch my leg out to him. But if I had to stretch my hand out to him, then I left obviously now. So I have never stretched my hand out to the king. So ever since I've learned how to stretch my leg, he actually just answered him, so to say, word for word. So this wazir after, now hearing this, now he was dumbfounded for a while. Then he said, but the king is among the ulul amr. He's among the ulul amr, meaning the person of authority. And the Quran Sharif commands that you must respect those who are in authority, dini authority. He's the amir, he's amir mu'minin. So this buzruk replied, he might be among the ulul amr, the people of authority for you. For me, he is the slave of my slave. Now he's talking about the king. Now as I said earlier, this is not for everybody to talk like this. Somebody on that rank, that maqam, okay for him. Otherwise, if we start making naqal and imitating all the actions of the akabir and the ahlullah, we'll fall somewhere else. Not for everybody to talk like that. So in any case, he said to him, that the king might be a person of authority for you. So therefore you must respect him. For me, he is the slave of my slave. You say, what do you mean the slave of your slave? He's the king. He said, no, he's the slave of my slave. So he said, I didn't understand. So he sees actually what the reality is, that my desires are my slave. I control them. I don't let them control me. So my desires are my slave. And the king is a slave of his desires. So I am the master over desires and the king is a slave of the desires because he just does what his desires come. As his life, as his desires come, he conducts his life. So he has become the slave of my slave because desires are my slave. So this is the issue that desires, either a person will enslave it or the desires will enslave him. One of these two things. And this is that way that mujahada comes in. And where the benefit of the gatherings of deen come in. That with the combined benefit of the light of iman, the combined light of iman, this benefits the heart of every person. And on top of that, then the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala. All this then inspires a person's heart towards Allah Ta'ala. That such a person's peace has been snatched. His peace, his happiness, his serenity has been snatched away. And now he lives a very, very restless life. Who's this person? Who has 
try to taste the haram beauty around. He has tried to get himself involved in some haram. Now that haram doesn't bring pleasure. It doesn't bring happiness. It brings restlessness. It brings misery. And halal, halal brings happiness. So halal might be little sometimes, but that halal brings happiness. And haram, it has a very glittery appearance. Outwardly it's very glittery, very glamorous. But when a person gets behind that, then it is only misery. That's shaitan, deception, curtain of deception shaitan puts in front. So this is the lesson that is being given, that the sukoon will come, not in these things. At this time of the year, many a person looks out and sees like as if everything is happening outside. There is a very, very big uh, do out there and everybody seems to be enjoying themselves and a lot of fun. And I am sitting inside, I have got no enjoyment, no fun, very, very boring situation. But that's just a very, very deceptive outer appearance. Just on that note, one incident. This is the celebrations of the kuffar. And a mu'min has nothing to do with the celebration of the kuffar. So the kuffar have their own thing. In any case, once one person in India, who was a learned person, he walked out of his house on the day when the Hindus were celebrating some festival of theirs. Some festival called Holi. It's even now common here about to. So in this festival, one of the things they do is that they color everything. They color everything red. So let's also say literally they paint the town red. So they color themselves and they color the things in their houses. They some dye and color, they throw on everything. So when this Buzuruk stepped out, so this was carrying on all over the place. So as he stepped out, one donkey was standing on the side. So he looked at the donkey and he happened to be chewing pan at that time. So when a person chews pan, his saliva becomes blood red. And every now and then you need to spit that out. So he looked at the donkey and he said, how come nobody colored you? Because he knew now his saliva is red now. So he said, how come nobody colored you? And saying this, he, like, he spat on the donkey. And now that saliva was red, so, so to say the donkey got colored also. But this was like something done in passing. He did it and gone. Didn't give it a second thought. Sometime later he passed away. After he passed away, somebody saw him in a dream. As many occasions we've discussed, dreams are not any shari evidence. But you can take a lesson from it. They are dreams which are true. They are dreams without any, any reality in it too. So in any case, this person saw him in a dream. He asked him, how did things go with you? Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala forgave me. But there is this one little snake that is on my lip which is constantly persecuting me. It's biting me. It's causing me great amount of pain and misery and torment. I asked, but why? He says, I was told that you have been forgiven, but why did you participate in the celebration of my enemies? That you will have to taste the consequence of that. And therefore, I'm still under this punishment. So, a mu'min, he is far away from the celebrations of the kuffar and their ways and all these various things. He has got nothing to do with it. He is far away from all this. He is somewhere in the masjid. He is in his house. He is where there's a 
good environment, but he is not somewhere where all the hordes are in all the kind of facade and fitna, and he is nowhere near that. So this is the lesson in this, that the sukoon won't come from haram. The sukoon will come in halal. Outwardly it seems like there's fun out there, but when a person gets there, there's only misery. There's no happiness. It's just a deception. Further, Hazrat says, Toba kare gunah se, lekin ho sidke dil se bi, asher me hunge faizu, bibia hogi faizad. The love for Medina Munawara should make us respect and love anything to do and anybody who has any taluk with Medina Sharif. So, Alhamdulillah, these are mehman all the way from Medina Sharif. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us to be in their company now. We should be appreciating this. Allah Ta'ala give us the benefit as well. So, just to continue with the point that we are saying, that this was one part that was mentioned about that this sukoon, this peace, this happiness, this will not come out of all the fitna and all the facade and all the haram that a person indulges in. This comes out of gaining the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. person has pleased Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will please him. Man kana lillah, kana Allahu lah. person becomes Allah Ta'ala's, Allah Ta'ala will become his. But then, now that the person has learned this lesson, what next? We have now maybe wasted our life in something. We have uh, already put ourselves in some difficulties and miseries because of the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. So it, does this mean it's the end of the road? Never. This too is another deception of shaitan. Shaitan first takes a person on the road to sin. After engaging the person and pushing him into haram, then shaitan creates despondency that now this is the end of the road for me. So first in one trap, and just so that the person never comes out of that trap, shaitan plays, puts another trap. The trap of despondency. Now what's the use now? You're already too far. There's no hope for you. Whereas, Allah's rahmat and his mercy is all-encompassing. Provided a person comes forward to take that rahmat. Never become despondent of the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. So this one trap of shaitan is the sin, then shaitan puts a person in the second trap of that despondency. So the way out is not to nevertheless be sitting where we are. The way out is Tawbah. And the doors of Tawbah are forever open. And Allah Ta'ala is so pleased with the person who makes Tawbah, that he is more pleased with that person like that in the Hadith Sharif, the example person is in the desert, his provisions are on that animal and he goes to rest 
when he wakes up, the animal is gone. No sign of it. And now, in a desert, where is he going to go? His water, his food, everything is on that animal. Where does he go? What does he do? He can't go anywhere. There's nothing to do. He can't walk. How far is he going to walk? So eventually, the only thing that is left for him to now is wait for death to come. So Nabi Salaam says that he lies down now waiting for death to come. Because he's got no other hope left. And after a while, he opens his eyes again and suddenly he sees that animal is back. His conveyance is back, his food, his water is with. So he was already waiting for death and now he sees as if life came back. So he becomes so overjoyed, he cannot contain his happiness, he doesn't know what he's saying. He starts out of that happiness saying, Allahumma anta abdi wa ana rabbuk. In that excitement, he doesn't know what he's saying. Nabi Salaam says, Akhta'a min shiddatil farah. He made this mistake out of his being overexcited. Like a person sometimes gets so excited, he doesn't know what he's saying. So Allah, now how happy this person became? Nabi Salaam says, the person who makes sincere tawbah, Allah Ta'ala becomes more happy with him than the happiness of this person on finding this animal back. The doors of Toba are open. But it is for us to now enter that door of Toba. And the quicker we enter that door because we have no guarantee of life. Whether we will see tomorrow, we have no idea. So Allah Ta'ala's mercy is waiting to envelop each one of us. It is for us to take the step towards Allah Ta'ala and to benefit from the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. In this way, we will make our dunya also a place of peace and happiness. We will make our akhirat also a place of peace and happiness. Allah give us the tawfiq. We'll request from our Sheikh to give us a few words and then inshallah we'll continue. Kalimat Adina inshallah. Astaghfirullah. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين بداية أشكر الشيخ على على حسن أدبه الجم الذي أتاح لنا هذه الفرصة أن نلتقي بهذه الوجوه المباركة النيرة وأسأله سبحانه وتعالى أن نكون عند حسن ظني شيخ الترجم طيب حقيقة أنا لا أستحق أن أجلس في هذا المكان مكان الشيخ وأتكلم فأعلم علم اليقين أنه يوجد من هو أفضل مني وأحسن مني وأعلم مني وأتقى مني وأورع مني وأخشى لله مني ولكن من باب التذكير فقط أذكر كما تفضل الشيخ الشيخ أنا فهمت من كلامه في آخر كلامي حفظه الله تكلم عن التوبة لعل أكون صائبا في هذا يا شيخ فالتوبة شأنها عظيم عند الله عز وجل مهما الإنسان بلغ من المعاصي والذنوب والسيئات باب التوبة مفتوح لا يغلق إلا عندما إلا 
في علامات بينها النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ففي ذلك الوقت يغلق باب التوبة ورحمة الله سبحانه وتعالى واسعة والإنسان معرض للخطأ ومعرض لأن يقع في الذنوب والمعاصي قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لو لم تذنبوا لجاء الله بقوم يذنبون فيستغفرون فيغفر الله لهم فالإنسان من طبيعته الخطأ وهذه صارت في ابن آدم كما وقع أبونا آدم عليه السلام عندما أكل من الشجرة وقد نهاه الله عز وجل أن, يقرب أن يأكل أو يقرب من هذه الشجرة فسرت هذه الخطيئة فينا فنحن معرضون للخطأ ومعرضون للزلل فالتوبة شأنها عظيم عند الله عز وجل الإنسان في هذه الحياة الدنيا يقع منه الخطأ ويقع منه الزلل وأحيان يعيش الإنسان يوم في فرح ويوم في حزن ويوم شأنه يكون مستقر ويوم آخر شأنه غير مستقر هذه طبيعة حياة الإنسان ولقد خلقنا الإنسان في كبد فالإنسان في هذه الحياة الدنيا بين سعيد يوم سعيد ويوم حزين ويوم فرح ويوم أموره ميسرة ويوم أموره ليست ميسرة فالإنسان إذا تعسر عليه أمر فإلى من يلتجئ إلى الله سبحانه وتعالى إذا تعسر عليك أمر من أمور الدنيا أي أمر كان من أمور الدنيا فالجأ إلى الله سبحانه وتعالى فهو فارج الهم وكاشف الغم عندما يتأمل الإنسان في حديث الشفاعة شفاعة النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام أهل الموقف يوم القيامة فيذهبون إلى آدم عليه السلام يسألونه أن يبدأ أن أن يسأل الله عز وجل أن يبدأ في في الحساب فيعتذر آدم عليه السلام ثم يذهبون إلى إبراهيم عليه السلام ثم إلى موسى عليه السلام ثم إلى عيسى عليه السلام ثم يأتون إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فيقول أنا لها فالذي يتصور النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام في هذا الموقف ماذا فعل موقف عظيم الناس كلها وقوف والشمس تدر من رؤوسهم وهم يعني في حالة يرثى لها موقف عظيم جدا فيذهب النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام ويسجد لربه سبحانه وتعالى فالمنجي في هذا الموقف كان سجود النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام وسأل ربه وفتح الله عليه من الثناء والمحامد ما لا يفتح عليه من قبل فيقول الله عز وجل ارفع رأسك سل تعطى أو كما قال أو كما جاء في الحديث عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فالإنسان تتعرض لموقف عظيم مباشرة يسجد لله سبحانه وتعالى وسيجد الفرج وهذا شيء مجرب إذا وقعت عليك مصيبة لا قدر الله أو وقعت في أمر عسير أو تكابلت عليك هموم الدنيا فالجأ إلى الله سبحانه وتعالى فاسجد وانطرح بين يديه جل وعلا ستجد الفرج من الله سبحانه وتعالى هذا والله أعلم 
واحكم وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم بسم الله الرحمن just to briefly summarize the advice she gave he says that when i came in i the part that i heard was something about toba so i'm just taking on on that note so she says this toba is a very very great thing and something that only when the time a person is now leaving the world that's the time the door of toba closes otherwise the door of toba is always open and a person needs to take advantage of this then he mentioned several things and towards the end sheikh met discussed the hadith of shafa'a where on the day of qiyama the entire creation would be in this very severe situation and they would now be hoping that this accountability starts so we can get out of this difficulty and they will therefore first go to adam alayhi salatu wasalam and request him to now intercede on behalf of the entire mankind that this hisab kitab must start he would say i can't do it they will come to hazrat ibrahim alayhi salam hazrat musa alayhi salam hazrat isa alayhi salam eventually after going through all the anbiya alayhi salam they'll come to nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam and nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam would say yes this is my position i will do this and then he would go into sajda in front of allah tabaarak wa taala's arsh and he will then praise allah taala in a manner that only at that time allah taala will inspire him with those praises but after that allah taala will say to him that raise your head ask whatever you want this will be granted to you so the lesson has sheikh takes out of this is that this day of qiyama will be a very severe day and what will remove this difficulty from the people will be after nabi sallallahu goes into the sajda so likewise this world also there are all kinds of conditions come on a person one day is happy one day is sad one day is a good day one day is a down day all kinds of ahwal and difficulties and hardships come laqad khalaqna al-insana fi kabad so this is the condition of man but whenever these difficulties surround a person like on the day of qiyama all these difficulties of the day of qiyama will be uplifted after the sajda in this dunya also when a person seems like he is now overwhelmed the way out is this sajda turning to allah taala putting the head on the ground and begging allah taala's forgiveness and his help and then he says this is something that you will is an experience thing is not something just uh, words only after having done this see the difference that comes and where the change comes from where the, the ease comes from how allah taala changes the entire situation positively for the person so this is something that we should be taking a lesson from allah taala give shaykh jazaa khair that he came and blessed us with this words of wisdom may allah taala inspire our hearts and grant us all the best of dunya and akhirat he comments by saying i'm very happy to meet my brothers here and we should also be requesting it because duas from him we also should make dua inshallah jazaakumullah khair
will recite La ilaha illallah a hundred times. Well, we won't have time for a hundred times, a few times we'll recite. But in the Hadith Sharif is mentioned, the person who recites La ilaha illallah a hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. So that means that a person who does this, inshallah, he will, Allah Ta'ala will give him the tawfiq of those a'mal that will cause this great virtue to come to him. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada Ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهل لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم الله
اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفل لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العاز الأكرم ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف المعان اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان إله العالمين يا الله most merciful Allah most gracious and kind Allah most forgiving Allah إله العالمين يا الله we are your most sinful servants يا الله we acknowledging all the wrongs we have done ya allah ilahul alamin you forgive us ya allah ya allah you forgive us ya allah out of your grace and mercy forgive us ya allah ilahul alamin shower down your rahmat of forgiveness on us ya allah on our families and friends ya allah on the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ya allah forgive the ummah of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahul alamin remove the ummah from all the difficulties ya allah ya allah throughout the world wherever the ummah is suffering remove their hardships and difficulties ya allah ilahul alamin give us the tawfiq of doing those a'mal that bring down your rahmat ya allah Allah, Allah, I mean, save us from those amal that bring down your wrath and azab, Ya Allah. Allah, Allah, I mean, Ya Allah, all that was said, Ya Allah, give us a tawfiq of making amal, Ya Allah. Allah, Allah, I mean, fill our hearts with your love and muhabbat, Ya Allah. Allah, Allah, I mean, remove all the haram from our lives, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from all these sins, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from everything that bring down your displeasure, Ya Allah. Allah, give us a tawfiq of always being in your pleasure, Ya Allah. Allah, Allah, I mean, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, all those who have passed away, fill their qabars with noor, Ya Allah. Give them the highest stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Make their qabars gar- gardens of Jannah for them, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the time of our death, take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah. Allah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on Tawbatan Nasuh, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us with Iman-e Kamil, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, make our qabr's gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafa'ah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, all those who are sick, give them shifa'ah kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, all those who are in any difficulties and hardships, remove, remove their difficulties, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, cures of all our ailments, Ya Allah. Cures of from our spiritual ailments, Ya Allah. Cures from our physical ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. All the pious aspirations each one has in their hearts, Ya Allah. You grant it, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nasaluka min khairi ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min sharri musta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balagh. Wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khairi khalqihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa alihi wa sahabihi. والحمد لله رب العالمين